Welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now, the podcast about adulthood and being the kind of grownups we want to be. I'm your host, Carrie Halstead. Today's episode is a continuation of my conversation with Adam Clark, adult at large and host of the newly rebooted podcast, The Gently Mad. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one of my chat with Adam, you might want to go download and listen to it now. It's at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash nine. Show links for this episode are at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 10. You can also find I Guess We're Grownups Now on iTunes, where you can subscribe so that you get each new episode as it comes out, and you can rate and review the show if you like it. I'm also on Twitter at grownups underscore FM. Each episode, I include a quote from a writer, artist, or thinker about adulthood. Today's quote is from Josie Sigler, American poet and writer, from her collection of short stories titled The Galaxy and Other Rides. As a man begins to understand the sacrifices he must make to live the life he dreams of, he often loses his courage for such a life. Also each episode, I acknowledge a person who has inspired me in my life as an adult and as a podcaster. Today's acknowledgement is to Sukyin Lee, host of the CBC radio show DNTO. I love DNTO because of its casual, quirky, intimate style of storytelling and how it explores interesting stories and themes fearlessly and celebrates the weirdness of life. Sukyin Lee is one of those people who to all appearances doesn't care what people think, the number one hallmark of adulthood in my book, but she manages to do it in that perfectly balanced way where it's obvious she still cares about the actual people. I Guess We're Grownups Now is sponsored by Campaign Monitor. Campaign Monitor enables goodstuff.fm to create beautiful newsletters, and working with them is fun. If you need to set up a newsletter for yourself or a client, try Campaign Monitor. It features Canvas, an easy-to-use builder, for creating email newsletters that look great everywhere, including on mobile devices. Thousands of their customers are using Canvas to reinvent what they send. Try creating a template for free at campaignmonitor.com canvas. Thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff, and I guess we're grown-ups now. And now, here's the rest of my chat with Adam. We had been in the midst of talking about making things without concern for what other people think. Well, I mean, it's a very hard um, balance to reach and, and we get a lot of conflicting advice about it. Like, oh, making money doing something shouldn't be important, right? Until it is right. important. Yeah. Like, like we can say we make podcasts for the love of it, but then suddenly we get a sponsor or two and suddenly it's like, well, are we making enough money? It's like, hang yeah. on a second. A second ago, we didn't care about the money. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I think that's in the, you know, um, and that's why, that's why I wonder, you know, there's two different uh, people. Well, there's probably more than two camps, but, you know, I, I hear advice anyway, and, and typically in two areas, it's either, um, you know, don't try to make a job out of the things that you love, mm -hmm. you know, because making a job out of it will make you hate it. Right. Um, and, and other people say, um, no, you should try to, you know, um, you know, the goal ideal is to make a living from something you love. And if you really love it, you won't start hating it, you right, know, and, right. and I don't know which one of those to believe a anything I've ever turned into a job. I've eventually started hating, right. you know, because once you add the pressure of making money, 
onto something, it affects every decision you make. And so that's why part of my rant was, I wonder if I should just stop trying to find meaning in the work that I do and just go work at McDonald's or something and just find some job that pays the bills mm-hmm. and, and then start trying to find meaning elsewhere in my life outside of my work. But I know how that would end. You know, I would hate that. You know, I'd be miserable. You know, I'm not a good employee. I hate employment. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I would be just as unhappy, if not more unhappy, doing that. Um, so Right. I mean, that's essentially what I've done. Like, I work for IBM. I have a very corporate job. Yeah. I can't point to very much on the internet that anybody would get excited about. Oh, you made this? Like, no. Yeah. Like, it's boring. And But it does pay the bills. And I have yeah. lots of hobbies. Yeah. Um, that doesn't help me. Well, you have to do some mental gymnastics to make that feel satisfying when you're in the middle of a soul-deadening meeting. Sure. During the work day. Well, you know, like my, uh, like my friend, Dr. Phil said, <laughs> um, when I, when I, when I, when I would, this is actually funny. I have two doctors in my life and one of them is Dr. Phil and one of them is Dr. Oz. Can you <laughs> believe that? Like how, 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 like, what are the chances of that happening? Anyway, um, uh, Dr. Phil is always like, uh, he's, he, you know, we have these kind of conversations and I'm going on about this stuff and, and he's like, well, what about the fact that you're a father? You know, what about the fact that you have these two little girls and that you're a husband and that you are, you know, um, a human being and listing all these other things? And he said, um, do those not give you any sense of meaning or satisfaction? And um, as does as much as I kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and um, uh, but he's a little older there. He's got grandkids now. So um, it's a uh, it's like um yeah, I get what you're trying to say, and it sounds terrible to say, no, it doesn't, because it does, you know, in a way, because yeah. I love my family, but I still attach all that meaning to um, what I do and what my output is, and I think that's part of, too, just, like, growing up, you know, I was a musician, and I wrote, and, you know, I've just always been into, like, the arts and the creative more mental or thoughtful pursuits. You know, um, when I was in college, I, I thought I was going to be a college professor, you know, um, like th- those types of things. Like I loved college. I could have, if I could have been a professional student, you know, and just stayed there forever, I would have. Yeah. And, and because I'm, I care about those things, I think just by nature, I'm very concerned with, you know, what I'm adding to the universe. It's not like I want to be remembered, you know, a hundred years from now that Adam Clark is a name that people, you know, think of like, I don't know, Einstein or some name that we all remember, you know, it's not that it's just that, you know, um, am I putting out anything that is of value? And, and so that's where the struggle comes is I want to make money, but I also want to feel like what I'm doing is adding value to the world. And I don't know how to mix those two. The only ways I know how to make money currently are doing things I don't feel like add any value, but I'm willing to accept that I could be wrong there, that maybe those things, and I suspect that I am wrong, that those things do add value. I just can't see it, you know? Right. I remember when I struggled with this in my job, a 
I was probably about 30 and I went to my manager and I was like, this, like, <laughs> I, this is ridiculous. Like I push like bits around and <laughs> it has no, I'm helping no one. And she's like, you know what? We make enterprise software that gets used in banks. So like, Pretend that your software is going to somebody who writes an app for a bank that approves a loan for a charity that, you know, feeds starving children. Right. And I'm like, and and honestly, it's not that far of a stretch. So I'm sure if you can. No, you're absolutely right. Like I could think, I could think that way and say, okay, you know, I, I create this podcast course and, you know, there's someone down the road who purchases that course and who learns how to podcast and suddenly produces a podcast that is, you know, the number one podcast in iTunes and they help a lot of people with their message. Right. They get a guy um, who's not guilty of a crime out of jail, right. perhaps. <laughs> but but well, the reason that isn't comforting is that that doesn't affect me, you know. Um, uh, I'm I'm not that guy. Right. I'm not the one who did that. I'm not the one who cured cancer. Even if I created the little mechanism that let the other person cure cancer, it's still like I want to be the guy that cures cancer. You right. know, no, I want to be the one who actually world. did it. It's a big yeah. world, Adam. Not all of us can <laughs> can be the guy who cures cancer. Only oh, man. only a small handful of people. That's why I said this. It's all about ego. It's like yeah. it's just it's wanting to. Um, produce something yeah obviously cancer that's that's you know that you know the, well that's no a, i mean but the equivalent yeah yeah just yeah. producing just, something of value you yeah. know and and um uh and a value yeah, that's a, easy to explain to your mother-in-law well a value that is you know when you go to a museum or you go to the movies or you go to a concert and you experience something and it moves you and you resonate with it and you and you connect with it and it affects you um um that kind of value you know well then um, let me let me say this and and you might not find this meaningful um given how you re rejected your friend who said your essay helped him <laughs> but but i really value good stuff and yeah. and i realize that you are one of three there but you're still one of them and and like Good stuff has actually changed my life for the better. Yeah. And and I would not be doing this if it wasn't for the podcast network. I Yeah. Um so Yeah, I, I see and I do I do know where you're going with that and I do see that. I don't want to give off the impression also that every day is just this, you know, um, this is my life. Right. You know, no. it, it, it definitely comes in, it, it comes in waves sort of. And, you know, just like last fall, I wrote that post that was kind of on the same topic. And, and this fall I recorded that rant, mm -hmm. you know, every now and then I just get so fed up with myself and, um, it, you know, something just comes out that is like this, uh, along these philosophical kind of line. I don't think I could sustain um, <laughs> this kind of conversation, you know, all the time right. or these thoughts all the time because you just go crazy. Um, so it, it definitely isn't like, you know, um, cause I'm sure people listening are thinking, man, um, I really, um, am sympathetic for that guy's family, but, but it's not. <laughs> It's not like the kids get home every day and I'm like, Izzy, what meaning did you add to the world today, you know, in first grade? You know, it's not, it's not like that at all. It's just that there are certain parts, you know, it's cyclical, you know, yeah. every now and then I just get so stressed out and fed up with myself. And, 
and some big rant or blog post comes out and that leads to um um like the last time that happened that led to sever- being on several podcasts talking about it like we're doing here and you know so I don't want to give the impression that it's this is this is my whole life but but it is deep down there and it is it is one of the it's a foundational element you know and it's a struggle uh, I, I feel like it's one of the big internal struggles for me and like the whole point of the show you know um about being a grown-up and being an adult you know um it all applies to those it's it's the same i feel the same way about those things mm-hmm. you know um i feel like one of my favorite movies of all time was is a movie called garden state um yep that zach braff natalie portman um from about man 10 years ago 2004 i can't believe it's been 10 years since that came out but anyway there's a scene in that movie where Zach Braff and Allie Portman are in this pool and he's talking to her and he said, um, I feel like, I feel like ever since I grew up, I've been searching for, um, home. And he said, it's not a place, but it's that feeling of, of, of home when you're a kid and you get home and your parents are there and there's this sense of safety and just like, they have all the answers. They have everything covered you don't question, you don't doubt your, you know, your well-being and, and all that kind of stuff. It's this sense of just feeling at right with the world. And and um, it's like you, we spend, at least I do, you know, our whole adult lives, like, trying to find that. And I don't know that that exists because I think when my parents were 34, I remember when my mom was 34 and I was 7, same Mm-hmm. situation is my daughter's oldest daughter seven i'm 34 i remember being that age i remember like looking at her you know around the house and i remember how i felt at that age what what it felt like to be alive then and that's really what it all <laughs> that's what it's all about is like feeling that sense of comfort and safety and that everything is okay you know all this work stuff philosophy stuff um it's all wanting for me anyway i think it's all wanting to feel like that again mm-hmm. feel like it's all okay you know um and it it means something and i'm like man were my parents and so i look at my kids and i think they must feel that way you know now and yet um it's just it's like man i, I don't know what my parents felt like when they were my age but um i i never thought i never would have thought they felt like i feel right now Right. You know, um, as so, you know, chaotic and um, have so little control over things um, than you think you do. And uh, um, so, yeah, it's just all it's all tied together with all with, with all of that. You mm-hmm. know, I think um, part of truly growing up and being independent and it takes a long time i mean shockingly long (laughs) um is being that home for yourself yeah is is that knowing i mean we all know we all knew you know when we moved away from home and started to make our own families or or however we're living in our our adult life that our parents weren't that home for us necessarily anymore um but but i think finding that or making that i think you have to be conscious about it at some level being that home for yourself um 
Yeah, and maybe some people, I have to acknowledge, too, that not everyone had a great, you know, home life oh, when they right. were a kid. And they, <laughs> they might not have experienced that at all, but, I, um, you know, it's like... It's like that you, you're waiting for, for life to start. Like you have this picture of what life is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. And for me, that picture relates to how I felt as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it wasn't, you know, I mean, the house, the cars, the dog, the cat, it wasn't all those things, but it was sort of, it was, you know, you have this picture of what life is supposed to be like isn't so much about all of that as it is this feeling of, okay, you know, um, everything's good. It's all going to be okay. I've got it under control. And, um, and I have yet to reach that point. It's like, I I think, I don't know if it was Facebook or Twitter. One time I posted something like I said, um, uh, this this is my best description of parenting is, and this, but I feel like this relates to just being an adult. My, My best description of parenting is like getting on a plane and the pilot jumping out and just saying, you know, have fun on his way, out the window with his parachute and you're like, holy shit, what do I do now? I don't know. Um, uh, try then trying to stay alive and figure out how to fly this plane, you know, all that stuff that that's like the feeling of being a parent mm-hmm. and, and being an adult in a lot of ways, like this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. I thought it was going to be like just sitting in first class and everything's under control and, you know, um, you and get yet where you're supposed to get to. And, yeah. It just yeah. works out. Just all happens. And, um, and it doesn't. Well, know? right, because now, because you're actually in charge of the plane now. <laughs> there is no pilot. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus that's is my pilot. That's so. <laughs> okay. Or no, He's Jesus is my co-pilot. co-pilot. What is the what is oh, yeah. what's the bumper sticker? I don't remember. Co-pilot. Now. <laughs> yeah. No, you're still the pilot, buddy. <laughs> Jesus so. can't touch the controls. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's uh. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a difficult. I don't know. I mean, some people, you know, obviously you get there, I think, at some point. I don't know. Um, I don't think well, much like, you know, happy marriage isn't actually a destination. It's just it's it's like things you do every day. I don't I don't yeah. think successful adulthood is is a destination either. Like retirement commercials like to make it look like it is. But I don't I don't think it's a real place. I think it's an yeah. illusion that some people put up or or that um, it's easy to see in some people when when you only see snippets of their life. But I think I think, I think the only times that I realize, um, you know, that that striving to live in the moment and kind of, um, you know, appreciate the journey and all that can sound really cheesy or whatever. But 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 really that kind of um, just living in the moment, um, the only times I've found that I've really actually been able to do that and appreciate life in that way was in some sort of like tragedy <laughs> or something, well, right. you know, yeah. it's like, um, it's like, it, you know, maybe I go through a period where I'm experiencing like, um, a lot of depression or someone dies or something like that. And suddenly I realize that the only thing that matters to me is that, you know, my wife and my girls are just, in the same room with me and I don't care about anything else. As long as we're all here in the same room and I can see them and possibly actually um, just be sitting next to them or whatever, everything's okay. And it's like, I wish I could maintain that perspective all the time, Mm. you know, but it only, I only, I only get that when, you know, some sort of like traumatic thing happens. Puts it in perspective and right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think we do tend to live out of perspective a lot of the time, and it makes it easy to worry about things that in other conditions you would not worry about. Yeah. It's just complicated, man. Like, being a parent, uh, all this stuff is just so... Uh, it's like, I, I, you really wish there was some sort of manual or training or something, but it just... It's like, what do they call that in math or finance? You know, like a, a multiplier or whatever. Oh, you know, right. it's like everything. You know, once you're an adult and especially, you know, and then you get married and then you have kids, all these things are not just like one little addition. It's like a multiplier of, of everything else. Right. So all those internal questions that you were struggling, that I was struggling with when I was 22 and in college and thought I was this, you know, deep thinking philosopher kind of guy, you know, all those questions are still here now with a wife and kids, but it's just everything is multiplied even more because I don't have the luxury of just sitting in my dorm room and like pontificating. You know, now I actually have real responsibilities on the line, you right. know, people to take care of and stuff, but the questions are still there, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's just. And in some I, ways, your options are limited. Your options for solving the problems are limited because of the life accoutrements you've got. You can't just decide to go travel America in an, you know, a 67 yeah. Mustang because you have kids who <clears throat> depend on you. Like, you can't. You'd have to be a narcissist of the utmost degree in order to do that. I feel like there's a line there, though, because... Some people do, and like I, my sister and her husband and her family, they have four kids, and they're one of those people who do, and I've always admired them for that, is that, you know, they just, um, last year, for the whole summer, you know, he saved up money, they took a three-month RV trip around the country, and and if they want to, whatever it is they want to do, they just grab the kids and let's, they look at everything as like this adventure. And, and I just can't seem to do that. I just sit at home and think about how great that life would be, you know, <laughs> instead of actually just doing it. And I wonder, you know, I always think about regret, you know, like one day, you know, uh, I didn't think about this in my twenties. When you're in your twenties, I feel like you still feel like life is um, infinite. Almost right. like it, it's not going to end um, like you don't have any concept of the fact that you have a limited amount of time. And for some reason, you know, once I I don't know when it started happening, but once I got into my 30s and now I'm mid 30s, like there's this definite sense of, you know, um, you don't get a do over at the end, mm, you know, oh, yeah. um, and there's probably not going to be some technology that's developed in the next 30 years that will let us live to be 200 or something. And so, you know, the time is limited. And so the pressure is on to figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, to figure it out and, and make something of yourself. Um, because you're, you know, each year that goes by, um, it's just, you have less time to, um, to make a decision or to pivot as they say, or to do whatever it is that you want to do, you yeah. know, and I see a lot of people like my wife's dad, you know, and maybe that's just the way it goes. I see a lot of people doing that in their 50s. You know, once the kids leave home, suddenly they start doing the things they wanted to do with their lives. And maybe that's just because that's just the way it works. You right. know, um, <laughs> I get so frustrated with people who 
you know, my friends who don't have kids and they don't get it or people who do have kids even. And, um, it's like, listen, if you're going to have a child, I don't care what your religious beliefs are. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal or whatever. If you're going to bring a human being into the world, then you damn well better take care of them. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, whatever it takes to do that. I mean, they, they have to, um, you know, like, at least for me, that's how I feel. It's like, you know, you've got to do that. You can't just, um, you know, uh, let that go. And so that's why my wife and I have our fifties all planned out. It's going to be like, you know, (laughs) it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like the twenties we never had, you know? So, (laughs) um, assuming we're still like, healthy enough I well don't that's know, but... the thing right that's the thing that <laughs> that's the door that might close at any time that was open in your 20s is your health yeah exactly so yeah. i don't know but it's yeah. uh i i i think it i agree with you that i think it is a lot of it is perspective and that i i feel like i'm part of a generation that is just chronically immature you know like i feel like my parents, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just the one that's chronically immature and it's not everyone else around me, but it seems like I'm part of a generation that is, uh, like your very first episode in that article that you linked to that A.O. Scott wrote, um, New York times and everything is like, um, I'm not saying it was different from my parents or that they didn't feel just as lost and, um, um, scared as I do, I'm not saying that they didn't feel that way, but I do feel like, um, there was something different, you know, um, for some reason, me and all my friends who are my age, you know, mid early thirties, late twenties, people who were born basically 1980 or after, um, uh, we all seem to kind of be in the same place of, of, you know, it's almost like, uh, we're trapped in this adolescent phase and it's hard to figure out how to get out of it. Or maybe that is just our, maybe that's just our perception. Maybe my parents felt the same way, you know, maybe that's what everyone experiences. I mean, I think it, it is, it comes back to what you were talking about close to the beginning where, um, being raised in a, in a very conservative religious household, you had pat answers for things that, you couldn't be certain about. And I think a generation, well, a couple generations ago, like, you know, in the Mad Men era, they had pat answers to what an adult man or woman yep. was. Um, and those were certainly glossing over some real extreme complexities. And, and because we don't have those pat answers as part of our culture anymore, we're left exposed. And it's like, yeah. well, I, like, I, I should be a grown up now, but I have all this complexity and I don't know how to resolve it in the same way that my grandparents did. So maybe I'm not an adult. And, and that is what that AO Scott article was talking about. Um, that gets into like uh, just so many, I find fascinating issues because, um, it, to me, it really is interesting. Um, you know, I think it's like, it's proven, well, I don't know, it's proven like scientifically or philosophically or whatever, but, but it is definitely, at least from my, from what I've read, that 
you know, um, options and, you know, the more options you have, Mm. um, tends to breed, um, the less happy you are. And, and it's, it's strange why that would be the case. I mean, you you think we're we're living in a time where, you know, uh, we have things that my parents and grandparents never had, you know, as a kid now you could, you could pretty much grow up to you could be anything you want to be and that's mm-hmm. not just like a cheesy trite you know statement like you really could like you're the options are so open to you but in a way that um that creates uh unhappiness well um, right i think as a girl growing up in the 70s and 80s i was being told by society oh like feminism has opened all the doors for you. You can do anything you want. And I don't think it was until I had a baby that I understood that that was not synonymous (laughs) with you can do everything that you want. Yeah. Um, That's true. That's interesting that anything versus everything. everything, But like where I was going with that is there's this guy who, what's his name? Jacobs, um, who wrote, what was that book he wrote? Um, A Year of Living Biblically, I think it was called. Yep, yep. And, um, he was, he was like an agnostic, I mean, he was like not, um, religiously Jewish, but he was Jewish by, um, whatever you call it, like, uh, ethnically um, or, yeah, exactly. Culturally. (laughs) I don't know. Culturally, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but he, so he did that experiment of living biblically. And as someone who has spent years studying the Bible, um, I, I, I definitely understand the problems there, um, as far as what he was calling, living biblically, but his experiment was, I'm going to limit my options here, you know, and, and try this experiment and live by these rules. And what that does is cut out so many potential choices or decisions or opportunities. Um, and you know, he found like, you know, and sort of, if you can scientifically measure happiness or whatever, but that, that experience during that experience, like objectively he was happier. Oh, because, for sure, yeah. because, um, he had, even though in a way you would say how, you know, he was, he was basically limiting himself from so many things that we would say, you know, well, these are great pleasures in life, you know, um, whatever it is, you know, alcohol, I don't, I don't know. But, um, but even though he was like basically cutting all that out and saying, you know, it's just, um, it's this whole concept of like decision fatigue and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're getting into all kinds of stuff here, but <laughs> it's like, but this stuff is real and it can like, that's part of the problem I think is that we put this, pre- I put this pressure on myself. I put that pressure on myself of since I can be anything, then I have all this pressure to actually be something, right. you know, right. if I'd grown up a hundred years ago and my dad was a farmer and my only option was to be a farmer, then it, I don't know that it would have mattered as much to me that I didn't cure cancer, you know, because it just wasn't even an option in the brain right. to think about, right. you know. And but now that we have all this freedom, it's in a way um, uh, produces the opposite effect of what you would think freedom would produce. So, yeah, I mean, I, has has how have your other episodes been? Have any of them been this like? <laughs> crazy like armchair no, philosophy most of them are most of them are way more concrete so. i definitely destroy any concreteness um in <laughs> well, any conversation i'm in. in it's fine it's cool. <laughs> you knew that okay i have a reputation no no <laughs> okay. like i mean i knew that that what we were talking about was going to go down these rabbit holes of like oh my god our brains exploding all over the microphone so 
So, um, like to turn it, I guess, not is there an answer, but for those of us who are like this, who tend to think about these things and mm-hmm. and are fascinated by philosophical topics and and big questions and and you know stuff like that. Um, uh, it sounds like you are that way to some degree as well. What, what is? I don't want to say what is the solution, but how does one reconcile that with a life full of, as you just said, very practical and often mundane and unsexy responsibilities? You know. Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Halstead, uh, you are now. <laughs> Dr. Halstead. Uh, yeah, I um. I don't know. I guess you can have strategies. I don't think there are answers, but I think there are habits you can pick up. One of the things I talked about two episodes ago was sort of recognizing that pattern of going down that spiral into the void and sort of cutting it off before it Mm -hmm. starts or letting yourself wallow in it for a few minutes, you know, one rant, but then like, okay, now I have to go do something with this. And I think, I think making things is, is one of them. Like I try to have a hobby or two that are like pure, right? That nobody's, nobody's um, counting on me to do this, but then they're, yeah. they're in a way a promise to myself. So what about you? Why, like, for example, why do you work the job that you do? Um, why, why have you made those choices mm-hmm. instead of, being some sort of tortured, you know, artist artist syndrome like me and feel like I can't do that. You know, I have to I have to make my living from something of my own creation and just struggle for years and years with that <laughs> instead of, you know, it sounds like you think about those things like yeah. are, are were your choices um are they purely practical or do you think about doing that? Um starting your own business, doing your own thing? Um like, um, why, why have you, you know, made the choices you have made? I, I think, um, personality wise and aptitude wise, I, I think I'm a little more cut out for corporate life. You're a little more mature. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're a little bit more of a grown up. <laughs> I'm a little bit more like follow the rules and good things will happen. Yeah. Like, I'm not constantly battling the powers that be. I'm willing to work with the powers that be. I I went through a stage where I, I mean, I, almost monthly I go through this, I want to quit my job thing. And yeah. I, I know now that it's just a mind game that I'm playing with myself. But, but I definitely have gone, oh, how did I even, how did I even start working for IBM? Like, how boring and then one day i was flipping through like a record book from back in high school and i found when i was in actually it was in university i uh, was awarded a scholarship and the local newspaper interviewed me because it was kind of a big deal yeah and um and in it the reporter asked me what where do you see yourself in five years and i answered that i saw myself working for you know a big company a major corporation and okay. I was like, oh, like, it is, it's not an accident I wound up working yeah. for Big Blue. I actually built this into my life. It's something I'm good at. And it's not, even though it's soul deadening, it, it's not a, 
It's not something everybody could do. Lots of people. I used, I, I used to work for IBM. Who hasn't worked for IBM at some <laughs> point? I mean, is <laughs> I don't know. I uh, but when I did it, I loved it. You well, know, exactly. I don't know. It's there like are really good things about it, and and so it's not. It certainly pays well, you know. And my job is is really good from a. It facilitates my life perspective that not all other jobs provide. Um, I'm very qualified for it. I feel like my skills have gotten built. So, so it's not like it hasn't given me good things. It does. Um, well, that's the thing is that like, as much as I loved it at the time, I don't think I could love it now, which right. is weird. It's like, I don't know what transition happened somewhere along the way. I think it's just been spoiled by, you know, I've been spoiled by six years of self-employment and there's, well, yeah. it's just really hard to go back and after that. And the more that. time you spend on the internet reading stories about startups making millions of dollars and, um, and people, you know, following their passion and doing what they love totally. and making beautiful <laughs> things, it's like, oh, like... You know, I made sure that a thousand HTML topics, well, not even XML topics, followed corporate guidelines and could be translated into 14 languages last week. <laughs> like, not very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, it's. I don't so think it's even... At sometimes yeah. I just have to turn off the internet and go, shut up, you guys. I'm trying to do serious grown-up people business here. Yeah, that's that's and that's exactly my point, is that, you know... Um, I feel like I want to glamorize everything. I want everything to be, you know, a Hollywood version of reality. And, and it's just, it's just not life. Right. Isn't that way, you know, um, my marriage and I don't know about anyone else's, but I suspect a lot of people's doesn't resemble anything of the plot line of serendipity, which I really thought it was going to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, or, or when Harry met Sally or, you know, any of the other movies that I watched as a teenager. And I thought that's what it was going to be like. Having kids has not resembled, you know, um, you know, you just realize it's not, uh, life is, is, uh, actually very unsexy. It's very, um, for the most part, you know, it's, it's very mundane. And, and so, yeah, I, I, like I said, that's why I wasn't joking when I said you're just more mature. I think it does take, um, a certain level of maturity to accept that and, and be able to continue to function and, and, and find happiness and stuff and not stay stuck in this kind of, you know, like when you're a teenager and you're in a band and everything, you know, um, you're this tortured soul and every little thing it has, you know, um, colossal um, meaning mm-hmm. and impact, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, the girl didn't, the girl didn't call you back. And that's just like this huge major um, universal crisis, you know, and, and I feel like some of us are just are stuck there. You know? so and I think um, when you call it maturity, it seems like an attribute. <coughs> you know, it seems like uh, a personality thing, uh, like like a an attribute that you're born with, or that. No, you're I think of it as to. more of more of a choice. That's what I'm saying. Is that I feel like you, there are the people who show up every day and work and realize that that will result in something. And there are the people like me who really struggle with that and, 
and 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 want to know that it's going to result in something before they put in that effort right. and 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 that's why I see it as a choice, not just a, not like you're born, you know, right. more mature. I think it's a choice, yeah. um, but but it's a choice in the same way that like loving your partner is a choice. Like it's a choice you have to make every day. So yeah. just because you choose that you will do the mature thing, it doesn't mean the next day you come into work and it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to yeah. choose again and again and every month or two you have your freak out and you go, well, uh, I didn't quit today. Maybe it'll be okay tomorrow. And yeah, I don't know whether that's selling out. Like, no, I don't think people, it's selling out Or at maybe all. it is selling out, but selling out is not as bad a thing as what we told ourselves it was when we were teenagers. No, I don't think, I don't think, I would not call that selling out at all. I mean, there definitely is, there are definitely sellouts for sure. But uh, I mean, to me, the, the sellout is, is the person who just, um, sacrifices their ideals, whatever they may be, mm-hmm. or principles for, um, for money, you know, and it, it all, it all, you know, becomes about money or fame or something like that. You know, so it's not really selling out. It's just accepting, accepting the world as it is and figuring out, well, but settling has a negative connotation as well. And so not settling in the negative way, but that's why I say like cozying up with your family way. (laughs) Well, that's why I said accepting, you know, instead of settling, but accepting that, um, um, we have not been given an accurate representation of life from, from Hollywood and all our media influences growing up and realizing that, recognizing it, accepting it and figuring out a way to still be happy um, is a difficult process. And that's kind of what I meant by, I feel like a while back that a lot of my friends, people in my generation and my age group have a really tough time doing, like we just can't accept that it's not what we thought it was going to be. It's not, what all the movies and all the bands and just, you know, that, that it's just not like that. And that's such a hard thing to accept and to, and to realize that you can still be happy. You know, you can still, that's why I say, I think it's out there. I think the happiness, the meaningfulness, the matterfulness or purpose, all those things are there. Um, but maybe they're not in curing cancer. Maybe they're just in, um, you know, maybe it's a matter of perspective, like you right. said. Right. I think there's a, a tendency to call things, quote, being happy, but not to call them success. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. if we could give ourselves credit for success, whenever we say to ourselves, well, this makes me happy, having achieved that is success. That doesn't mean you're, you quit, that you're done. Like, you've achieved success, therefore... You can stop trying everything now. Um, but but I think there's a tendency for us to not give ourselves credit for having got to a place, one facet of our life, yeah, where we're happy. That's well, and that's, what, that's like what my, my wife will tell me. She's like, look, I mean, just look at the last eight years. You know, we've, we have kids, you know, you, you, we've, we've always paid the bills, we've done a lot of cool things like it's all perspective and and i also think that there are just some people it's different personalities some people are the type to 
always be digging and always be exploring and always be trying something new. And they're just that way. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. In a way, people almost need permission to be told that's okay if that's if that's who you are and that's just then that, that that's not some sort of problem you know you don't have to be like your dad mm. and get a job and work for that company for 40 years and then retire and you know you don't have to follow whatever it is that society is telling you is is your role um if you're different then um it's o- it that it's okay mm-hmm. you know but we're just ingrained with this you know life is supposed to be like you said the madman is supposed to be a certain way we're supposed to fit into these certain roles certain things are supposed to happen at certain times you know this experience then this experience and then that one and we get all this from movies and culture and you know previous generations and then those things don't happen for us and it's like well what's wrong with me you know why isn't you know how come none of these things are happening for me? And you think it's a, somehow you're defective. Like, like I said, for me, it's like, well, there's nothing in there. There, how come I don't have anything to say? And I I don't know that does either really. Yeah. Or, you know, or everybody does, but including you, like you are not the special snowflake whose life is empty. Yeah. Everybody. It's just that the, the, it's just that the other people have somehow, um, and I don't say that to make it like it's Mm -hmm. easy for them, but they show up and they say it anyway and um and 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 that that process that working you know um that digging eventually leads to something right and but but adam you don't have nothing to show as far as that like the gently mad is on episode 58 and that's just sure. the ones on good stuff like like you have things to show for your efforts Oh, totally. And that, that's what I'm saying. It's that's, that's the perspective, right? You know, that's, that's, uh, the perspective, but, um, I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to make for myself is that, um, uh, I, I don't, um, there are some, in some ways, like you just mentioned, there's that showing up and there, there are results, but, um, uh, I feel like for me, that's that, somehow that's the key and I don't know what it is or or how to accomplish it yet, but that idea of just accepting that, uh, part of life is hard work and, and, you know, following your passion or whatever doesn't just mean, you know, surfing down a double rainbow into a pot of gold, you know, I mean, it's, there's hard work involved Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and instead of resisting that, you know, um, accepting that and just showing up every day and, and accepting that that may not be some super sexy thing. Um, but that, uh, it, it'll lead to something. At least that's, that's where I'm at 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 this point is like, um, being willing to do the hard work, being willing to accept the difficulties and, and, and not just hold off for, waiting for this quote life to start, not just hold off for something in my head, this image of what it's all supposed to be like. That's all just, you know, cotton candy and, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever is, a uh, uh, something pleasurable to you. So, yeah, I think, have we, should, I think, have we worn everyone out? Is I anyone even listening at this point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, where can people find you on the internet? 
Uh, I don't think anyone wants to find me on the internet now, but uh, if you do want to, it's just avclark.com and avclark on Twitter. Avclark pretty much everywhere. Nice. We we talked about this rant in the Gently Mad. That was on episode 58, and next week will be the last episode of the Gently Mad as it currently exists, and uh, I'm going to be relaunching the Gently Mad on December 9th. Um, It's... It's weird that I'm relaunching it because it's got the same title, but it's just the show has evolved so much in two years. It's just nothing like it was, and I want to do even more new things. So, um, so I'm just gonna end it, end what it what it is now, and kind of archive that and and start over um, with this new thing. Nice. And um, that's all. Like I guess if anyone wants to know about that or anything, that's all at um avclark.com slash subscribe. That would be where you would get yourself on the list to, uh, you know, have more exhausting philosophical conversations. So <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks for being here, and I thought that was an amazing conversation. I'm glad we had it. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that's my conversation with Adam. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about some of the things we talked about, see the show links at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 10. If you are interested in sponsoring I Guess We're Grownups Now, contact me using the Get In Touch link at goodstuff.fm slash grownups. Also, check out the other great podcasts at goodstuff.fm. Transmission is our nearly daily morning show hosted by Kyle and Kenny. Or Never Dig Down, Chris and Tim's show about Minecraft. Plus, if you want to hear me talk about podcasting in general, you can catch me on episode 60 of Show Me Your Mic. Thanks again to our sponsor, Campaign Monitor. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Talk again soon.